How many ways can this orange be divided? Keep listening to find out how. Every day I ask myself, what am I doing to live my best life? Lifelong Learning and Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Three Pines Leadership. Here's your host, success coach, teacher, and mediator, Molly Doris. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about conflict, from arguments between friends to wars between countries. Are you ready to learn more? Then let's get into it. Let's start with the absolute basics. What is conflict? At its most simplest, conflict is a clash of interests, values, or resources. Orientations to conflict can be different. There are three outcomes or orientations to conflict that we should talk about. First, let's start with the worst option. This is a lose-lose outcome, where neither party gets what they want or need. Avoid this at all costs. In many ways, parties who find themselves in lose-lose situations often end up worse off than they were before the conflict. The second outcome is the most common, and this is what we call a win-lose situation. Think of sports, where one team wins and the other team loses. This is where traditional and conservative negotiation and conflict resolution thinking generally takes us. It's the mindset of taking the whole pie. If Bobby and Sally are fighting over a basket of 10 oranges, a lose-lose situation says that the fruit gets tossed out and no one gets them. A win-lose situation says that Bobby gets half and Sally gets half. The third and final outcome is a win-win situation. This means that both parties come out on top because it takes a deeper dive into what the values and interests are at stake. Achieving these outcomes can take more time and effort, but believe me, if you're willing to put in the work, the outcomes are outstanding. If we go back to the example of Bobby and Sally for a moment and their 10 oranges, we can get a better idea of how this whole dividing up the pie works and expanding the pie. As I mentioned, we need to uncover the values and interests at issue here. When asked, Bobby talks about the orange juice he wants to make for his juice stand, and Sally talks about the pies she wants to make with the orange rind. See what happened there? They both can get 10 oranges worth of resources because their interests aren't actually opposing each other. The other way to see a win-win outcome is by expanding the pie and including other resources or deals. I mediated a conflict between a homeowner and a contractor once, and when it came to expanding the pie, these parties included future business, new timelines, and even childcare in their deal. When we dig our heels in and fortify our stance, we move further and further away from win-win options. When we're unable to step back and see the impact of our actions, we tend to include more and more emotion into the conflict. While we build up these walls around our side, our team, our in-group, we widen the perceived divide between you and the other party, or what we call the out-group. There are four main emotions we see in uh, moments of conflict. So the first one is envy. So envy results when the out-group is perceived to have high competence but low warmth. Envious groups are usually jealous of another group's symbolic and tangible achievements and view that group as competition. 
The second is contempt, and this is when the outgroup is taken to be low in both competence and warmth. According to Forsyth's, contempt is one of the most frequent intergroup emotions. In this situation, the outgroup is held responsible for its own failures. In-group members also believe that their conflict with their outgroup can never be resolved. The third is pity. Outgroups are believed by the in-group to be high in warmth, but low in competence and are pitied. Usually pitied groups are lower in status than the in-group and are not believed to be responsible for their failures. And the fourth is admiration. And this occurs when the outgroup is taken to be high in both warmth and competence. However, admiration is very rare because these two conditions are seldom met. An admired outgroup is thought to be completely deserving of its accomplishments. Admiration is thought to be likely to arise when a member of the in-group can take pride in the accomplishments of the outgroup and when the outgroup achieving does not interfere with the in-group. Researchers Edelson and Edelson investigated some of the important roles that beliefs may play in triggering or constraining conflict between groups. They reviewed relevant literature, including five belief domains that stand out as especially noteworthy. These are superiority, injustice, vulnerability, distrust, and helplessness. I'm going to explain each of these and how they relate to individual level core beliefs and group level worldviews. First off, we have superiority. So this core belief revolves around the person's enduring conviction that he or she is better than other people in most ways. The cluster of attitudes commonly associated with this belief includes a sense of specialness, deservingness, and entitlement. Many of these elements are also present in the superiority worldview at the group level. This worldview encompasses shared convictions of moral superiority, selectiveness, entitlement, and a notion of having a special destiny. Several joint working committees of the American Psychological Association have identified belief in the superiority of one's group cultural heritage, which includes history, values, language, traditions, arts and crafts, etc., over another's as a defining characteristic of the phenomenon they termed ethnocentric monoculturalism. Ugh. The second false belief is injustice. And this refers to the perceived mistreatment by other people or by the world at large. This mindset can lead the individual to think of things as unfair when they're merely unfortunate and thereby inappropriately engage in retaliatory acts. This injustice worldview reflects on the in-group's conviction that it has the significance and legitimate grievances against another group. This mindset can mobilize powerful and violent collective insurgencies, especially because shared perceptions of injustice typically heighten the identification and allegiance that individuals feel towards their group. Further, these assessments of mistreatments are particularly common across cultural divides because different cultures tend to have different definitions of what constitutes justice and different norms for how it should be achieved. The third false belief is vulnerability. The vulnerability core belief revolves around the person's conviction that he or she is perpetually living in harm's way. Vulnerability involves a person's perception of him or herself as subject to internal or external dangers they have no control over, or is insufficient to afford him or her a sense of safety. 
Important parallels to this individual level core belief are present in a collective vulnerability worldview that again appears to be widespread. Fears about the future are the most common cause of ethnic conflicts and often produce spiraling violence. This vulnerability worldview is catastrophic in its thinking, in which a group's imagined worst-case scenarios take on the exonerable logic of inevitability. Number four is distrust. This core belief focuses on the presumed hostility and malaligned intent of others. The crucial role played by issues of trust in individual psychological development has long been recognized. The expectation that others will hurt, abuse, humiliate, cheat, lie, or take advantage usually involves a perception that harm is intentional or the result of unjustified and extreme negligence. People who constantly assume the worst about the intentions of others prevent truly collaborative relationships from developing. As an extension of this individual level core belief to the larger groups, the distrust worldview focuses specifically on perceptions of outgroups and revolves around the beliefs that the other is untrustworthy and harbors a malaligned intention towards the in-group. And finally, we have helplessness. This is the conviction that even carefully planned and executed actions will fail to produce the desired outcomes. In some cases, the individual may perceive him or herself as lacking the ability necessary to attain the, their goals. Regardless of the extent to which helplessness is a matter of distorted perception or objective reality, this core belief tends to be self-perpetuating because it diminishes motivation. The helplessness worldview describes a collective mindset of powerlessness and dependency. The extent to which a group perceives itself as helpless reflects assessments not only of capabilities, but also of whether the environment is rich or poor in opportunities for group advancement. Conflict is all around us. We can't really get away from it. But what we can do is manage it. That's it for this episode, my friends. Next week, we've got a brand new episode, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and on the Three Pines Leadership YouTube channel if you like video. Of course, I'd love to hear from you, so join the conversation on our Facebook and Instagram pages, and you can also stream our past episodes any time of the day on Spotify, and you can play the videos on YouTube. Until next time, my friends, remember I love you and be excellent to each other.